broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Today is officially the first day of the 2022 NFL season. Let that sink in for a minute. Let that just sink in for a quick second. First day of the 2022 NFL season. I remember the last day of the 2021 NFL season. I know exactly where I was when I saw the Rams hoist that Lombardi trophy and say that the season was a wrap. They were the Super Bowl champs. And now here we are talking about another season getting kicked off tonight. The Buffalo Bills and the Rams at SoFi Stadium. Welcome into Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Demond Cotton, he's behind the wheels of steel. Your boy Q here in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. We're with you for the next three hours. And man, oh man, excited about today, excited about tomorrow. Of course, excited about the trip to L.A. to be at SoFi Stadium myself to check out the Raiders and Chargers coming up on Sunday. And of course, you can hear that game right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. But excited about the next few days, man. Just so happy to see football back. I know a lot of people feel the same way as me, just, you know, super excited that uh, NFL action is back. But then to know that the Raiders are right around the corner, you know, kicking things off on Sunday. Last year was really a, a lot of fun because they kicked it off on a Monday. So it was the last game of the week. You know, it's kind of one of those you, you get to watch the games on Thursday. You watch them on Sunday and then say, hold on. Now the real meal deal is going to be on, uh, you know, on Monday, the last game of the week. And it's funny. And I just now now that I said it out loud, I just now thought about it. The Raiders played the last game of week one last year in 2021, and they played the last regular season game of the year last year in 2021 as well. Think about that because they had that Sunday night game against the Chargers that was for all the marbles. But yeah, that was the last game. So there you go. That was kind of fun. Now here we are again, (laughs) right? Here we are again on the eve of some uh, Raider football, but of course, NFL football going on a little bit later on this evening. So DeMond, as far as... Excitement level just for the NFL being back officially. No preseason, no training camp, none of that BS. It's all real now. How excited are you? I'm super excited. I don't know if I'm more jazzed up, especially with Thursday night football happening tonight. I don't know if I'm more excited to just be able to talk about football (laughs) or to actually watch it. Right. You know, especially what we do for work. I'm just excited to have something to talk about. Actual live games. This game could be a stinker tonight, but I'm going to come in tomorrow and be like, whoo, see that game? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that play in the fourth quarter, though? That play in the fourth? Yeah, no, I understand, man. It's, it's, it's so much fun to be able to have a game that actually matters, to be able to talk about it, break it down, just see all the action, and, and again, see these guys get back at it. So it all gets started uh, this evening. I'm glad you just mentioned games and, and what you just brought up because we have a loaded show for you today. Forgot that we have to do our NFL pickums as well. Ooh. I forgot to put that on the rundown. So we'll do that around 4.30-ish for uh, for cover three as well. We'll kind of do that. But uh, I have some really good guests coming up on the show today. And I'll tell you right now, our guest lineup for tomorrow is incredible. I mean, I don't even know if we're going to have time to, to say hi or, or talk at all ourselves. I mean, we have so many guests. And, and what happened, we had a couple of guests lined up for today that had to push back till tomorrow. And we already had some guests lined up for tomorrow that were already scheduled for tomorrow. So tomorrow we're locked and loaded. Today we have, we have some really good guests. But tomorrow, man, I'm trying to tell you, you're talking about getting in on the phone lines. You better get in on the phone lines. 
today. <laughs> yeah, if you want to give those three keys to the games that maybe you can only see happening and Man. nobody else knows, today's the day. Well, that's I'm glad you said that. That's something that we're going to be talking about on today's show. But coming up at 2.30, we're going to talk some more uh, Chargers. Want to find out a little bit more about the team as the Raiders prepare to go to L.A. and take them on on Sunday. So we'll be talking to Nick Cothrow from ChargersReport.com. Does a really good job covering the Chargers. I actually ran into him not too long ago. When I was in L.A. for the Super Bowl, he was actually covering the Rams at that point. And it's funny because we had, what, Gilbert Manzano on uh, earlier this year, and he was covering the Chargers. And right after he finished that interview with us, he basically said, hey, I got something coming up. And we found out, what, a day later he was going to the Rams uh, or to the yeah to the Rams beat. And so Nick was on the Rams beat, and he went to the Chargers beat. So I guess those guys in L.A., they keep switching around and moving around. But Nick does a good job covering the Chargers. So Nick Cothrell will join us at 2.30 to talk all things Chargers. We'll get the latest on J.C. Jackson and a whole lot more. Then at 3 o'clock, we'll have some sound from uh, Mad Max Crosby in the locker room yesterday, courtesy of Vinny Bonsignor and uh, Heidi Fang. They were able to come up with that and uh, send it to us. So we have some uh, Max Crosby sound bites. We have some KJM sound on uh, Derek Carr and also some greeny sound on Derek Carr as well. So we'll do that around 3 o'clock. And then uh, Vinny Bonsignor from the Morning Tailgate, he'll join us at 3.30. We like to check in with him like once a week at least on the show and just uh, get his thoughts on everything silver and black related as he's been at every single press conference that's going on. He's been in the locker room multiple times this week, been able to talk to coaches. You know, he's, he's that guy with the finger on the pulse. So we're going to talk to Vinny coming up at 3.30. Then at 4 o'clock, our normal Thursday guest, Lincoln Kennedy from the Raiders Radio Network. Of course, he joins us every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. just to talk about uh, either recap the, the game the week before or recap whatever's going on uh, prior to. And then obviously looking forward to this game on Sunday against the Chargers. So Lincoln Kennedy will join us at 4. Cassie Soto was expecting to join us at 4.30, but she's got a lot going on with the RJ. And anyone locally understands there's a lot going on with the RJ these days. So a lot of, you know, bad stuff has happened with a former employee that worked at the RJ. Uh, and that's a whole nother story. But, uh, yeah, just just some tragic times that hit hit the RJ and one of their re- great reporters that's been around for a very long time uh, and him getting murdered over the weekend, which is absolutely ridiculous. And it uh, looks like they're getting closer and closer to cracking that case already. So you can imagine there's a lot going on at the RJ. So Cassie's very busy, but she may join us coming up at uh, at 4.30, and she might not. So we'll just kind of leave that spot open for her if she's able to. If she's not, that's okay. We got it covered. Like I said, we got plenty to get to coming up on today's show. So at 2.30, Nick Cothrow from ChargersReport.com. 3.30, Vinny Bonsignor. 4 o'clock, Lincoln Kennedy. Those are the guests that we have coming up on the show. Also, in a matter of minutes, I want you to hear from Patrick Graham, Raiders defensive coordinator, who uh, I believe met with the media just a little while ago. Is that correct, Devon? Oh, yeah, he still may be going live right now. Okay, all right. Well, what we'll do, I want to hear from him. I wanted to make sure that we played Patrick Graham because we talked so much about defense so far this week here on the show. So we're going to get into that in just a little bit. Of course, we have uh, some topics that we'll throw out there to you as well. So now that you know the guests, you know what we got coming up for you, planned for you, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. According to Matt Lombardo, he, uh, not he, but uh, former Giants defensive end Jalen Holmes worked out for the Raiders today. So just a little nugget right there. Another guy that's very familiar with Patrick Graham and the Raiders defense and the defense that uh, Patrick Graham ran while he's in New York, practiced and worked out with the Raiders today. So the Raiders have been bringing in multiple guys 
guys as of late to, you know, work them out, see where they're at. And, and uh, you know, just in case emergency break glass, they've had multiple linebackers in. Now they have a defensive end, all very familiar with Patrick Graham and his scheme. So just something to go ahead and keep in the back of your mind. Jalen Holmes visited with the Raiders earlier today. Now, DeMond mentioned it. You know, you want to get your keys to the game in for Sunday. Today is the day. Normally, I'd wait till Friday to do this topic and, and get some response from, from Raider Nation and hear from you on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187. Of course, uh, Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. We always like to hear from you. But as I mentioned before, we're not going to have time to have a bunch of calls and really deep discussions tomorrow. We're just not. We have some really great guests lined up. I'm very pumped up about it. But we just won't have time to bring in that extra element, which is you. So we want to hear from you, Raider Nation. So first of all, two questions I have. As the NFL season is getting started tonight with the Rams and the Buffalo Bills, who do you expect to be that surprise team this season? Just any team in the league. Last season for me, obviously, the surprise team was the Bengals. I had no, there was no way you could have told me before the season started that the Bengals were going to be in the Super Bowl. I would have, man, I would have laughed you right out of the building, right? There is no way I would have, I would have uh, agreed with that. They were the surprise team, obviously, last season. So I throw that out there to you. That's one question. Who do you expect to be that surprise team this upcoming season? And, of course, now bringing it back home with the Raiders and Chargers, what will be the keys in your mind to this game against the Chargers? Just simple as that. What do you think will be the keys? And before we get to Patrick Graham, DeMond, I'll start with you. What do you think the Raiders have to do to go to L.A. on Sunday and come away with the victory? I think it's going to be defend the deep ball. Like that secondary, okay. they are going to be tested. You think that they're going to do that a lot? Because yes. remember, they didn't do that a lot last year under Lombardi. Uh, he was the first year with Justin Herbert, and that was one of the things. Matter of fact, when we had uh, Joe Rudy on yesterday, he Joe Rudy, excuse me, he was saying that you know they didn't really they didn't really use the deep ball as much as uh, as as Justin Herbert probably would like. So they're trying to implement that. So you think that they're going to go ahead and, and try that's to do why that immediately? I think it's going to be it's going to be okay. the factor of Justin Herbert being more comfortable in the NFL, him being more comfortable reading NFL defenses and, okay. and them opening up that playbook. I know it's week one, but also they're going to want to test this Raiders secondary. Casey Hayward, I know it was a surprise a little bit to everybody last season, but he was literally the best cornerback no on doubt. the team. No doubt. So it's just going to be, I know that they made the dink and dunk, the middle of the field, it may be open, testing out these linebackers. But if they can defend the deep ball, I think that the defense will be able to manage, let's say, oh, Denzel Perryman gives up a first down here or there. That's not going to be as bad as, let's say, Jonathan Abram is out of place, and then that's a touchdown. Right, right. Okay, and yeah, that, that's going to be interesting, you know, because of course you'll see Trayvon Merrick get that back in. I'm interested to see how Patrick Graham uses Jonathan Abram, what we saw from him in the preseason as the, he played a lot of preseason ball. He was up there close to the you know line of scrimmage like he was under Gus Bradley, which is the best place for Jonathan Abram. So I'm interested to see uh, exactly how they use him, but uh, yeah, okay, don't give up the uh, the deep ball. So the Raiders really have to defend the deep ball, according to DeMond, to come up, have an opportunity to come away with the victory on Sunday, and that's, that's a good key to look at uh for me i mean we all know that it's going to go back to the offensive line but instead of just saying the offensive line i'm going to say you know do what lincoln said when we talked to lincoln on tuesday he said establish the run game right let the run game really lean heavily on that you know josh jacobs you get a heavy dose of him brandon bolden you know i've heard people question how they're going to use him i don't understand why there's a question on how they're going to use brandon bolden He's a guy that catches a lot of passes out of the backfield. I mean, it's just, it's really simple. He's not a guy that you're going to see running between the tackles that often. He's a guy that's going to catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. You know, Amir Abdullah, he's going to kind of have multiple different roles. He may be active on Sunday. He might not. That's the, that's the beauty of the Raiders having so many running backs on the 53-man roster. They all don't have to be active 
on Sunday. I've heard so many people question how these running backs are going to be used. And, well, what's this guy going to do? And, well, they're, they're like almost like all five of them have to have a role on Sunday. They're all not going to have a, a role on Sunday. Hell, you might not even see uh, Zamir White out there. He might not even be active, right? I doubt Brent Brown will be active. I mean, they, they have these guys, but it doesn't mean that they have to use them all. Just because you got them don't mean that you got to shoot them all, right? I mean, it's, it's just, it's just the, the, the beauty of, of having the different options. Josh McDaniels could use them as different chess pieces. You know, instead of, instead of playing checkers, he's playing chess. Okay, well, this, is, this guy matches up better with what they're going to try to do defensively, so let me, use, let, me, let me use a heavy dose of him. So I think if you can establish the run game, you know, with, with Josh Jacobs, have him have a, a pretty big game, then I think that just opens up everything. It, it loosens up everything else, right? And it slows down those, those edge rushers in Khalil Mack and, and, uh, and Joey Bosa from being able to just pin their ears back and go. Stay in front of the chains. You know, that, that's for me. Stay in front of the chains. Don't, don't fall into that trap of third and long. Third and long is trouble, right? You want to stay away from the third and longs. You want to have the, you know, second and short, third and shorts. You want to be able to do that to keep the defense honest. If you end up too many times in that third and long, that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to pin their ears back. You know, they're going to start slobbering at the, at the mouth. You know, foaming at the lips and ready to go. You know, and then at some point, I'm sorry, I think Jermaine Illuminor's done a good job, but I think that that dam's going to crack, right? I mean, it just it's simple. I mean, you could put your, you could be the boy with your finger in the dam, and at some point, it's going to crack. So you got to give them a little bit of help. So I think the run game is going to be very important. Now, I'm not saying that they're not going to throw the ball around the yard or get the ball to Devontae Adams quickly. I do believe you'll see Derek Carr get the ball out of his hands quickly, but I think that run game's really got to be. Uh, something to something to, to pay attention to as far as a key to the game. 702-365-9200. Who we got up first, Damon? Jared. Jared, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What up, Q? Man, I'm excited. I'm freaking lit for this game. I cannot wait. My keys for this game is definitely defense. I feel like if Damon is right and they're going to try that deep ball, then my man Mad Max, he's going to get two sacks. He's going to start that, that MVP defensive MVP season off right going to get them two sacks and i feel like we are going to be a little bit better on the on the back end i didn't think we were bad last year but i think we'll be a little bit better i thought at times gus bradley didn't do us didn't do our guys much of a service and as far as the surprise team shoot the way they dogging us it's us we're that surprise (laughs) team we are that team let's get it Raiders! I love that call. I love that call right there. If you want to have a, a, a promo suggestion, Devon, how about that one right there? As far as a, a surprise team, how about us? The way they're dogging us, how about us? I like that. Jared, great call, my man. Great call. Definitely appreciate that. Uh, Raider Deal hit us up on Twitter and said, keys to this game is creating pressure for Herbert and mitigating pressure for Carr. D-line and O-line need to show up. What do we say all the time? Games are won in the trenches, right? And so uh, Raider Dill's onto something right there. Of course, you want to create some pressure on uh, on Justin Herbert, and you want to be able to create the pressure without having to blitz. You know that's ideal. And I know everyone got mad because Gus Bradley didn't blitz, and he obviously should have blitzed a few times more than he did. But if you always get in the habit of blitzing, you blitz too much, you get burned. Right at, at some point, you blitz too much, you get burned. And we saw a lot of games, a lot of college games over the weekend, and. You know, teams were in third and long and in bad situations, then the team blitz and boom, touchdown. You know, it's just that's what happens. That's that's exactly what happens when you blitz too much. So it's got to be a fine line when it comes to how much you're trying to get pressure with just your front guys and then how much you're going to send some extra guys. 
So uh, good stuff, Raider Dill. Appreciate that. Again, 702-365-9200. Who's up next? Raider Mark in Henderson. Raider Mark right here in Hendo. What's on your mind, my man? What up, Doc? Good, man, good. Hey, keys to the game, man. You know, I agree with you, man. It's going to be that running game, man. Josh is going to have the big game. Uh, we're going to do some more play action with, with Carr. And just keep it rolling like last year, man. We're going to have to just score a lot of points uh, and, and, and get the ball in the, in the end zone like we've been doing last time against the Chargers. And also, you know, timely stops from the defense. You know, get pressure on Herbert. Make sure that, uh, you know, we don't get them to score quickly, you know, and uh, have some timely stops there and get some keys at the end. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, like always, with the Chargers, man, and uh, we're going to pull it out. Surprise team, man. I got to agree with Jarrett, man. It's going to be the Raiders, man. We're going to go far in the playoffs, man. Get in the playoffs, go far, and, and do our thing, and hopefully, uh, you know, if the defense holds up, Offensive line hold up. I think our offense is great. Uh, I think we'll have a great season, man. And, hey, hey, real quick, Q. Man, how, how many uh, how many push-ups does Mark go do this year, man? He's going to do so like uh, 200, 400 push-ups at one time. Man, uh, they're, 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 let me know, man. Let me let us know where you guys going to be at. Are we going to have a rally or what, man? I, I have to talk to Clay. I'll see him tonight at the Tickets of Pete, but I'll, I'll – I'll, I'll mention uh, you guys, too, see where you guys will be at. Sounds good, my man. Appreciate the call. And, yeah, DeMond only has to do push-ups when he starts getting a little froggy. What was? What did you lose the bet? Was it Alabama? Oh, it was Alabama-Georgia the first time around. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you lost that one. Then what else did you lose? Because you did have to do push-ups multiple times, right? I don't know. I, I, you owed me some, too. So no, I, mean, I finished not, mine I wasn't, But I wasn't losing all the time. No, you didn't lose all the time. I did take an L once. Yeah, exactly. I took an L once, too. Put some respect on my name. <laughs> It's very rare that I say I took a nail, right? So you better own that one. You better appreciate that one. I don't remember what it was. I don't even know I won something. Yeah, I do. I remember that you won too. I'll give you that. No doubt about it. 702-365-9200. Thanks for that call. Who else is up next? Mike. Mike, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Oh, Mike. Brother. Oh, there you go. We can hear you now. All right. Hey, uh, yeah, so keys to the game, man. I'm just thinking, as much as I hate to say it, a lot of Dinkin and Duncan, you know? I mean, it sounds crazy, but if you look at, like, Wes Welker, Amadola, Julian Edelman, I mean, you know, when blitz, that opens up that spot and some quick slants. Uh, the one thing that I just hope with this coaching staff is that they don't clip Hunter Renfro's wings because that dude is best just letting him kind of be somewhat of a, of a, a free bird, you know, a freelancer because he can juke the best of them, you know. So let, let Renfro do his, uh, his jukes, and then you know what? Devontae Adams, get him two, three touchdowns. You know Carr's going to be feeding Devontae. Get that first touchdown for Raider Nation. So keep up the good work. Appreciate you guys. I hey, appreciate you, man. Good call. Good stuff right there. Don't clip Hunter Renfro's wings. I like that. That's one that I really want to point out. I like that. You know, let Hunter Renfro be Hunter Renfro. And I think that they're going to use him like he's always been used. I think they're going to define or he's going he's gonna to have his routes defined a little bit more. I do believe that, that there are certain things. And Hunter said this. You know, there are certain routes that he's ran and he's kind of freelanced them a little bit. He's got to be a little bit more precise this upcoming year. Uh, and so I'm, I'm interested to see not only how they use him offensively, but also how much he's used in the special teams game as far as punt return. Right now on the depth chart, of course, he's listed as the main punt returner. I'm interested to see if he's that guy consistently throughout the course of the year. You know, he may he may start off that way, and then they may have an, another guy cycle in, and only in big plays. They bring, uh, who knows? I'm not too sure how they're going to use that, but or use Hunter, but I'm interested to see exactly what that looks like. Uh, let's take one more call. 702-365-9200. Who's up? John. John, welcome to the show. Just kidding. Not John. Kevin Owens, not the wrestler. <laughs> Kevin, what's up, Doc? Hey, how you doing? I uh, wanted to tell you guys, keep up the great work. And 
everybody's talking about uh, Hunter Renfro and and uh, uh, Devontae Adams and Waller, but don't forget about Mac Hollins. He's going to be a surprise this year. Okay, I like that. Good stuff. Go ahead. Yeah, Mac Hollins is going to be. He's going to surprise a lot of people, especially in the red zone. And if we can do anything, is is I mean, much better than we did last year in the red zone. Everybody knew what was coming in the red zone last year. It was a three three runs and then kick a field goal. We need to do a lot better this year, and I think we will. Okay, good stuff, Kevin. Thank you for the call, man. Definitely appreciate you. I want to hear from you again, and there you go. You know, Mac Hollins, he's a guy that's been getting a lot of conversation lately, and I do think he's going to be a factor. Now, I don't think he's going to have any monstrous numbers, right? I just – that'd be foolish. But – I do think he's going to be a factor in the red zone, exactly like Kevin said. That's that's something that is important that we uh, you know that that we recognize that Matt Collins has the ability to be a factor in the red zone. Let's go ahead and get some more of these texts real quick off the Salmonash text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. We'll get to Patrick Graham in, in a few minutes, probably after we talk to Nick. We'll get to Patrick Graham so you can hear from from the defensive coordinator. But uh, here's a text. Hey Q, I'll call tomorrow with a quick score. Throw me a fade along the sideline so we don't take much time off the schedule. Shout out, passionate Raider son. Heal up quickly. All right. Uh, cool. Appreciate that text. I didn't I didn't know about Passionate Raider Son. Is everything I didn't know. Did you hear anything? I didn't hear anything. Okay. Well, hopefully everything is okay, man. Yeah, definitely shout out to Passionate Raider Son. He'll up quickly. Uh got another text. My keys to the game in the offense is getting the run game and Renfro cooking for them to open up the field for Adams and Waller. Uh so I, I like that one. Raiders keys to victory. There's four of them here. Run the balls and screen pass to negate the pass rush. Play action pass deep when possible. Defend the pass on second and third level. The Chargers play a modified West Coast offense. And a lot of underneath throws. Lombardi is is from the Saints. T- t- turnovers win the turnover battle. East Bay, Raider Gray. And yeah, that's the thing. With Lombardi being from the Saints, he, the way he's, he, he ran the offense last season was efficient. But I do believe this year, like DeMond said, they're going to try to get chunk yards, more big plays than they did a year ago, especially with Justin Herbert being an accurate quarterback like he is. I think they're going to want to really focus in on doing that. So uh, thank you so much, East Bay Raider Gray, for that text. Got another text from Raider Chavez from the 916. I think the surprise team is going to be the Raiders. A lot of the media thinks we'll come in last in our own division. I think we're going to win it. Key to the game is turnovers. The Raiders need to get a couple turnovers to win this game. Again, that's Raider Chavez from the 916. And I guess, you know, let's go to the, the surprise team. And it's funny because we heard it a few times now that the Raiders are the the team that everyone's dogging. I I don't know. I don't I don't feel like I'd be that surprised if the Raiders were a really good team. Like if they win the AFC West, I wouldn't be surprised. Right? I mean, would you be surprised? I, I think that I think we pretty much established that this is gonna has a chance to be a really good team. Yeah, I think that for people when they're answering the Raiders, it's the surprise of when you watch TV mm-hmm. and people are picking them fourth. But they everyone's still saying they give the caveat of, hey, somebody's just got to come in last in this division. Right. Where they're picking the Raiders, let's say if they're picking them to go 8-9 and nine or something. Right. That's still, that's a decent team. I mean, if this was still a 16-game schedule, hey, they're saying the Raiders are a 500 team, but this is just a stacked division. Right. So no one's saying, like, for lack of a better word, anybody saying the Raiders are sorry. Right. No one's saying they're going to go 4-13. and 13. Right. That's not what they're saying. They're right. just saying that, hey, it's a stacked division, and everyone can't Someone's got to lose. Yes. Someone's got to lose. John McClain says it all the time when he joins us. It's like, hey, man, the only problem with the Raiders is they play in the AFC West. Right where every team's going to beat up on themselves, and it's funny, you know, I was doing this that that crossover that that uh that ultimate division crossover on the Locked On Podcast Network the other the other week, like last week, and um, they were asking about the quarterbacks, and you know, it's like, oh well, who's the best quarterback in the 
in the division. I said, well, you know, Patrick Mahomes, I'll give Patrick Mahomes that. He's, you know, he's been that guy. He's got the Super Bowl. He's got the MVP. Why not? You know, so they said, all right, well, I guess the better question is who's the second best. And remember, I, I continue to tell you about how these guys are all braggadocious. Well, <laughs> the Charger guy is like, well, there's no doubt about it. It's Justin Herbert. And I was like, all right, well, that's whatever. You know, so he said Justin Herbert. Of course, the Broncos guy said Russell Wilson. So they argued back and forth. And I said, look, man, you could put Derek Carr fourth if you want. It don't really matter, right? Because all the quarterbacks in the division, I think, are damn good. And I think the fourth quarterback can beat every team in the in the in the in the division. Like if you put Derek Carr fourth, fine. I don't it doesn't bother me, right? You can call him fourth. The division's so good, and everyone's talking about how good the division is. He's still a top ten quarterback, right? So if you have the fourth best quarterback in the division, he's top ten, you still got a damn good quarterback. I was just thinking, I was like, you could put him in maybe there are three other divisions where any quarterback the second through to fourth right. would be first in that division. The AFC South. Derek Carr's the number one I'll quarterback. I'll put him in, in the NFC East and say he's he's the best quarterback in the yeah, division. I was, I was thinking Dak. Oh, him and Dak would be a tie. That would be. A I debate. would not put Dak Prescott as a tie, and I like Dak. I would I would oh. put Derek Carr ahead of Dak Prescott. I, there's but no here's doubt. The thing, though, I'm not going to argue with you. Right, right for me, right. it's a little bit closer. But right. I'm not going to argue with you if he was in the in right. the NFC. I got you. In the NFC East, you know, I got you. And then you look at you know you look at the even look at the NFC West. You know, you have Matt Stafford, who I've for years. Have said that they're the very the similar guy. They got us through the summer last year. It got us through the summer. <laughs> the only thing difference between Stafford and Carr is now Stafford has a ring, right? Because he had a, a, a team that's a damn good team put around him. Guess what Carr has this year? A damn good team put around him. I think they're very similar. And look at the rest of that division. Kyler Murray, he's got a lot to prove. Trey Lance, nobody knows anything about him. And I don't even have to talk about Seattle. I don't even have to talk about Seattle because their quarterback's playing in Denver. Those other two guys aren't quarterbacks. Those guys are like uh, fill-ins, <laughs> substitute teachers, right? Those guys are trash cans, straight up. Gino's going to get his chance. He's going to get his chance at what? Serving up some salami sandwiches? <laughs> is that what we call bombs to the end zone these days? <laughs> if I don't know where that bomb to the end zone is going to be. I, I see Gino Smith, a guy laying on his back most of the time, throwing to the other team the other half the time. That dude ain't been good since West Virginia. Straight up. He ain't been good since he was beating up on Baylor at, uh, at West Virginia in the Big 12. Straight up. 226 is the time. We want to hear from you. 69187, keyword R&R. What will be the keys to this week's game against the Chargers? Of course, you can always hit us up at 702-365-9200. But don't hit us up right now on the phone line because we do have a guest coming up to talk all things Chargers. And then the other question that I want to throw out there, who do you expect to be that surprise team this season as the NFL season officially gets underway this evening, Nick Cottrell, ChargersReport.com. He'll join us next. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got a tweet from our guy Aaron. Keys to the game. Stay out of third and long. Make the Chargers kick field goals instead of scoring touchdowns. My surprise team is the Vikings. They got a new coach and got some playmakers on their squad. Maybe they can surprise the Packers this year. Again, that's from Aaron on Twitter. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And uh, let's talk about some of the keys to the game as the Raiders travel to L.A. to take on the Chargers on Sunday. Of course, that game can be heard right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. But from ChargersReport.com, Nick Cothrell joins the show. And, Nick, thanks so much for your time this afternoon, my man. And I don't know how excited you are for uh, the game tonight, but how excited are you for the game on Sunday to kick the season off the Chargers and the Raiders? 
Ah, Q, I'm fired up for this Sunday, man. You know how these AFC West games go down, and then just from last year's Week 18 to all the moves that were made for both these teams this offseason, this this should be a good one. Yeah, and speaking of some of the moves that have been made this offseason, on the Chargers side of things, they go out and get a big lockdown uh, corner in J.C. Jackson, and of course he uh, you know is dealing with that ankle injury, and it was reported yesterday that he wasn't playing. Then it was you know Brandon Staley says, well, I can't confirm that. Uh, has there been any update on on one J.C. Jackson yet? No, there hasn't really been an update. Uh, he wasn't out there during today's practice, so it probably be a, you know, did not practice on the injury report once that's released. Um, but, yeah, he's just going to be a game-time decision. Brandon Staley said yesterday that, he, that there probably won't be any type of announcement whether or not he's going to play up and uh, – that'll go up until game time. So just going to kind of be a wait-and-see from here. And he – he got the uh, walking boot off his foot, and he's started running. Now, I don't know exactly what that running entails since he hasn't been out there. Uh, but, yeah, we're just kind of playing it by ear right now. What does your gut feeling tell you when it comes to J.C.? In terms of, like, if, whether, whether or not he plays? Yeah, if you expect to see him out there on Sunday. I lean in favor of him probably not playing just, just based on, you know, he, he hasn't been out there at all this week, and that's kind of a lot to ask when you were just in a walking boot you know, a, a week ago. So I, I think that he, I lean in favor of him probably, you know, not playing. Well, and then the Chargers have a quick turnaround as well and have to play the Chiefs on, what, Thursday? So, I mean, that, that would really be a quick turnaround for a guy that's just trying to get back into it. Yeah, exactly. And, you, you, you know, you don't want to rush him out there too soon. Like you just mentioned, like the rate or the – actually, the Raiders are kind of in a similar boat too, I think, where the, the schedule makers, they threw all these AFC games to start mm-hmm. out the year. So – we're going to kind of get, you know, a, a good idea of what this division is going to look like right off the bat. And so, I, you know, I think it would be wise for the Chargers not to rush them back into things, especially with how important these divisional matchups are early on. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You've got to get, a, you got to, get to the, the exactly, AFC wins. Yeah. <laughs> you got to win those AFC games and the AFC West. And so, uh, yeah, you don't want to lose them for longer because you rushed them back out there. Again, we're talking with Nick Cothwell from ChargersReport.com here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Uh, as far as the mood around the guys, knowing that it's actually a game week, it's not – it's not training camp. It's not preseason. It's a game week. What is what has that been like so far this week? It feels different. There's no doubt about it. Yesterday, Derwin James, he was all smiles uh, during his media availability, and he said like the the energy just around the building from the ownership uh, to the coaches and all the players. Like the, he said, like it just it couldn't be any better right now. Uh, just a lot of optimism around the team, and they're just fired up to get going you know none of the none of the guys uh starters played during the preseason so they're just ready to go out there and uh finally get the chance to hit someone right and the raiders they didn't have their char their uh, their starters play similar to the chargers what are your expectations for those guys you know how, how quickly do you think that they can get back onto the same page and and go out there and do what they do at a high level it's gonna be a test because this defense is gonna have about five to six new starters so there's a lot of new faces on that side of the ball you know, kind of remaking that unit after last year that, you know, that was really their Achilles heel. And so, you know, they, there's going to be a lot of new new moving parts, but at the same time, a lot of the guys that they brought in had already played in Brandon Staley's scheme, either with uh, the Rams or even when uh, he was in uh, Denver under Vic Fangio. So there's a lot of crossover, and a lot of the players have really voiced that the cohesion had built early on in camp just based on the familiarity with the language and the scheme and all that. So 
But at the same time, you know, once we get into real speed, you know, getting into a real game where these games actually count, there's some extra juice, a little bit of a different animal. So we'll, we'll see how that kind of materializes. But the players are uh, quite optimistic. You know, Nick, one of my big keys for the game uh, is for the Raiders to be able to establish the run. And last season, the Chargers weren't very good at stopping the run. But as you mentioned, they brought in guys defensively to help shore that up and make Brandon Staley's defense look more like a Brandon Staley defense. How much better do you think they'll be this year uh, against stopping the run? Yeah, I, I, I think they're going to be a lot better. Now, it's it's still a little difficult to tell because they haven't been tackling guys to the ground, and especially when you're kind of you know making judgments off these guys in the trenches until they're wrapping up ball carriers and stuff. It, it's it's pretty difficult to figure out, but uh, there's no disputing the, the personnel that they brought in with Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson, two guys that ranked towards the top of the league last year in their, their run stops. Uh, they, their presence have been felt. Sebastian Joseph Day was just named a captain. He's really been one of their vocal leaders. So it, that, that was their weakest link of that defense last season. And, you know, bringing in two bonafide guys that, that stopped the run at a pretty high clip, it looks like it's probably going to be much better than it was just a season ago. Talking all things Chargers right now with Nick Cothrow from ChargersReport.com here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man demond has got one for you. Yeah, Nick, I wanted to move over to the offensive side of the ball. A player that I was wondering about who's also been limited at practice is tight end Donald Parham. He had a touchdown in that first game against the Raiders last season. This guy is a big tight end. I mean, he's almost listed in Bill as if he's LeBron. So should the Raiders <laughs> expect to see him out on the field this coming Sunday? Yeah, for him, so he, he tweaked his hamstring pretty severely in uh, the, the end of the first week of training camp. So he hasn't, he hasn't been a full participant um, throughout pretty much, you know, the back half of camp. And uh, even, even yesterday on um, the first injury report, he was a did-not-participate guy. And uh, I, I think there's probably a chance he doesn't play. Now, that hasn't, you know, been set in stone yet, but uh, – I think there's they probably lean with caution here to start to start out the year, and uh, the Chargers brought in Gerald Everett, so he's probably going to be the guy that they lean on heavily when they uh, look to the tight end. Okay, so with those Chargers weapons, who should be this breakout guy or the surprise that we know about the main name guys on this Chargers offense? But is there anyone that surprised in camp or was emerging as this guy may be a sneaky good weapon for the Chargers? I think, I think that guy is uh, probably DeAndre Carter, who they originally brought in to serve the kick and punt return purposes. Um, but he, he really shined from the slot. Um, you know, they have Keenan Allen, who mainly works the slot, but they, they were working all, all different, you know, looks and concepts. And uh, DeAndre Carter shined when he was working with the first, the first team offense. Sometimes he was working with the second team offense. He was a guy that was constantly find ways to get open with uh, really working the underneath with his short area quickness. Um, during the team period drills throughout camp, I believe he actually had like more touchdowns than any other pass catcher, which was, you know, pretty, pretty crazy for the, for a new guy who was looked at more of a returner to come in and kind of deliver that. Um, it really speaks volumes to what he's been able to do. Nick, as far as uh, Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator, and Justin Herbert getting into year two with each other, uh, we didn't see a whole lot of the deep ball from Herbert. We know that he likes to throw that. Do you expect to see more of that this upcoming season? Yeah, I do. I, I really do. And uh, Joe Lombardi spoke in the beginning of of the off season that we, you know this year, the, just the how comfortable Justin and some of the other pass catchers feel he said last year was about learning learning the scheme it was more football one-on-one 
And this year, they've kind of turned the page, and they're now at football 202, and things are just coming together a lot easier, which this is an offense that finished the year top five. So that was what they were able to do in year one. So I do think that there is going to be more of a deep stroke from Justin Herbert this season, just everybody kind of feeling more comfortable. And uh, the receivers have even spoken about it, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Everybody just kind of feels more put together with the cohesion they've been able to form. So I do think that is going to be um, an area that uh, the, the Chargers offense is looking to strike. Talking right now with Nick Cothor from ChargersReport.com here on Radio Nation Radio 920. As far as Brandon Staley, the head coach, goes, uh, there's obviously going to be a lot of questions when he makes a fourth down call and it doesn't work out, but then he's going to be praised when he makes a fourth down call and it does work out. So uh, what are your expectations for Brandon Staley? How does he continue to mature and, ev- and evolve as a head coach? Yeah, like in terms of what what a lot of people have kind of called like his fourth and Staley mentality, I, I think that is who he is, and that's part of you know the identity of the Chargers. Now, like we've kind of spoken about, the defense has been reshaped. So now, when you have a defense to kind of lean back on, a little more confidence for them to come up with with a, a third down stop and get your offense the ball back. I think there's probably a chance that he's not nearly as aggressive because you, you, you know, you have that defense that's, you know, likely to be better this season. But at the same time, I still think that is going to be a part of who the chargers are. I don't think that's going away anytime soon, especially when you have a quarterback like Justin Herbert, you know, your, your chances of converting some of these fourth down situations are a lot greater than maybe some of these other quarterbacks across the league. So It'll be interesting how that shakes out, but uh, I think I, I would assume that he's probably going to reel that in just a little bit, but still kind of you know pick his spots when he wants to do that. You know, the Chargers have a lot of expectations. A lot of folks on the outside are talking about them being an AFC West division winner, uh, going deep into the playoffs, hell, even maybe possibly being in the Super Bowl. How much pressure is there on Brandon Staley this year? I think there's quite a bit, Q. <laughs> you know, I, I, think, I think there is, right? You have Justin Herbert on a rookie contract, all the money that they've, you know, forked, forked out this offseason to, to reshape the team. And, you know, a lot of the players and, and coaches have said that, you know, they, they are kind of just not listening to the outside noise. But there's no disputing. There's definitely pressure. The Chargers are expected to win. Um, and, right, they have the personnel to do so. So if they don't, that would be uh, quite the letdown, especially, you know, after – trying to remake this defense. And that, quite frankly, that's why Brandon Staley was brought over here, right? What he was able to do in his uh, one season with the Rams leading the number one ranked defense. So I, I think they need, he definitely needs to kind of show some progress in that area. And, you know, this is a team that has aspirations to, to make the playoffs and make a run. So I think it would be a letdown if they don't. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, Nick, another thing that I want to ask you about is I read this in The Athletic and I wanted to know if you could give me a little bit more insight or point out something that Justin Herbert needs to improve on along with this is that he's trying to get more free plays this season when it comes to him and center Corey Lindsey, who played with in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, about throwing the defensive line off and just faking that set hut and getting those free plays. That's something that Justin Herbert has been working on this offseason. But what else do you think he needs to improve over in his game? Yeah, so he, him and Corey Lindsley, Corey Lindsley obviously coming over from the Packers, um, they've been working on Justin Herbert's cadence at the line of scrimmage, trying to get, you know, getting the receivers, you know, bought, in, bought into that with the ability to, you know, maybe have opportunities where they can strike with some free plays. Uh, but aside from that, Justin spoke 
at the beginning of training camp that the one area he really wanted to work on um, this summer was kind of cleaning up his footwork. So that's been a focus for him. Throughout camp, he spent nearly every day after practice taking extra reps, trying to, uh, you know, make that a little a little more fluent, um, which, you know, I thought he looked pretty decent last year. So we'll see how that how that's coming along. He, he looks pretty good to me, but uh, that, that's been kind of two different areas that he's been trying to enhance his game for this season. Nick, before we let you go, final question. As far as this matchup on Sunday, what is the what is the key matchup you're looking for? It could be player versus player. It could be position group versus position group. Where do you think the, the biggest storyline in this game, how does it get won or lost uh, by either team? Certainly like the J.C. Jackson, Devontae Adams is like a juicy storyline, but who knows if J.C. is going to play. I think this game really comes down to what happens in the trenches. Both the Raiders and the Chargers, their right side of that offensive line are both kind of question marks. The Chargers having, you know, rookie guard Zion Johnson making his first start. Trey Pipkins won the, won the starting right tackle job, but, you know, that's, that's kind of up in the air and what exactly the Chargers are going to see from him. So I think there's some similarities across the Raiders' offensive line. So I think it's really going to come down to who is able to exploit their opponent the most, you know, in the trenches that will probably – Decide the outcome of this game because, Q, you know, like these AFC West matchups usually come down to about one possession. So I, I kind of expect that to be the case again on Sunday. I love it, man. Great breakdown. Uh, fantastic stuff as always, Nick. Uh, what do you got coming out, man? ChargersReport.com that maybe Raider Nation could check out just to get a little bit more insight on what to expect on Sunday. Yeah, you can follow me at ChargersReport.com, part of uh, Sports Illustrated. And I'll, I'll have content com- coming out all week, just preview, previewing the matchup, you know, updates on J.C. Jackson, et cetera. So find all my stuff there, and then I'm on Twitter, at Nick Cottrell. Um, so, yeah, just looking forward to the matchup. Yeah, no doubt. It's going to be a fun one, man. Well, I'll see you on a Sunday. Thanks so much for your, your time this afternoon. And like I said, I'll see you in the press box on Sunday. For sure. See you there, Q. All right, there he goes. Nick Cothwell right there at ChargersReport.com does a fantastic job covering the Chargers. And nice little preview right there, nice little breakdown. And DeMond, you hit it on the head about the deep ball. He said, hey, they're, they're working on it. They're trying to get that. And I like that little nugget from you. He's trying to get Justin Herbert, that is, trying to get his little Aaron Rodgers on and, you know, get the quick snap and get guys off, uh, you know, when they're offsides or whatever the case may be. Too many guys on the on the field, but just try to get those extra yards and, and, and free plays. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good quality that Aaron Rodgers possesses. It's something that Aaron Rodgers does so well, and I'm glad that The Athletic made this story because I'm, mm-hmm. I don't know if the Raiders would have already known this like ahead of time, but it's something that they probably should have been practicing on all week. Hey, we know what he's been working on. We right. know that he wants us to jump. So just don't jump because that's those costly plays. Yep. Aaron Rodgers, what makes him so good at those free plays is that almost the defense like eases up a little bit mm-hmm. at the start of the play, and then it's just, oh, that's a 20-yard completion. I mean, he really – Aaron Rodgers thrives on it when you there's too many guys on the field, and he sees you start to run off. He knows immediately, boom, get that thing snapped, and that's – you know, hey, that's you're you're obviously there's too many men on the field. I mean, it's just he does it all the time so well. And I'll I mean I'm I'll be sitting in the press box and I'll see too many men on the field. And I'm thinking, snap the damn ball, snap the damn ball, snap the damn ball. Uh that's 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 something that's a good key. But I'll say this about that in this game. I don't think that the Raiders should have to worry about that because I think Josh McDaniels and company is gonna really have them on their A game. Again, something we've been talking about all offseason, training camp, preseason, all that good stuff. Attention to detail. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. You know what that is? Shooting yourself in the foot. I think that 
The Raiders aren't going to have to worry about that. And that's the first time in forever I've ever said that they don't have to worry about that because they're going to be more disciplined. 247 is the time. We'll come back, take a couple more of your calls and texts, and uh, close out hour number one. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. It is a long story, but long story short is I remember us getting flung out that boat, and I'm fully submerged underwater, and I feel Devontae grab my foot. And so I remember, like, pulling him up like <laughs> and trying to get him in the boat. But, yeah, I mean, it was scary. I'm not going to lie. It was scary, but... Uh, but yeah, when you go through something like that together, you get a tighter bond, I guess. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. We heard the story the other day about Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. White water rafted and them both ended up in the water. And I don't want to say almost dying, but I mean, it, it could have got bad, right? And so you hear Derek Carr right there uh, responding to the question about that white water rafting uh, experience and Devontae Adams grabbing his foot. And that, that's pretty funny. Uh, the only person that actually stayed in the boat was Derek Carr's now wife, Heather, who was his girlfriend at the time. So she was smart. Never stopped paddling, right? Never stopped paddling. That, I think you, I think this should be a theme for the year. Really. I think that that should be a theme. I don't know if it's going to be, but, you know, we always talk about, especially at the end of the season, hey, how would you label this season? What would you call it? I think that the theme, and I'm saying this right now on September 8th, 2022, should be never stop paddling. I really believe that that should be the theme. And if it is, and they believe that in that locker room, if that's the mantra on the wall and everyone's believing that, you know, what I say, the Art Browse used to say, always chopping wood, always, you know, it's just, there's always the little catchphrases that coaches use. You put that one on the wall, never stop paddling. I need to put that here in the, in the studio. So everyone on the radio here sees it. Never stop paddling. Never stop paddling. If you're at the game, do it some more. If you're at practice, do some more. If you're here, do some more. Just never stop paddling. That's what I, I'm going to put that up on the wall. I'm going to get that put in some nice, uh, maybe not. But never anyway. stop paddling. I mean, I can't wait. <laughs> you go into the locker room after uh, the Cardinal game, and someone's going to be like, yeah, Q, we were listening to the show. <laughs> I'm going to ask Nate stop- Hobbs. <laughs> be like, Nate, you had an interception. You took it back to the house. What happened? Well, I never stopped paddling, Q. I never stopped. <laughs> we were all gathered around, man. That really. Man, that was. <laughs> you fired us up, Q. You gave us that pregame, that preseason speech. Before the season got started, you gave us that never stop paddling speech, and the rest of the the rest of the season was history. <laughs> Coming up at the top of the hour, you'll hear some Max Crosby from the locker room. Patrick Grant's presser, we'll get to that as well. Uh, he met with the media a little while ago. Wanted to bring you that because we've been talking a lot of defense here on the show, and you know the offense has been highlighted all offseason, all training camp, all preseason. So. Give some love to the defense. That's what we've been doing. Also, want to hear from you. What will be the keys to this week's game against the Chargers? Normally, this is a topic that I ask on a Friday, but tomorrow, we are locked and loaded. The guest that we have coming up on the show tomorrow, starting at 2.05. Our first guest is at 2.05. So as soon as we walk in and say, hello, welcome to the show, it's like, join us now on the phone lines. <laughs> right? And I'll tell you right now, who's joining us on the phone lines at 2.05 tomorrow? A two-time now. WNBA MVP and Asia Wilson. Just going to go ahead and throw you out there right there. Asia Wilson's going to start the show. So we're starting the show with a two-time MVP. That's how you go into Friday, heading to the weekend. But we got heavy hitters throughout the whole show. So I'm super excited about what we got going on tomorrow. But can't get to tomorrow until we knock out today. So what will be the keys to this week's game against the Chargers? And then my other question I've been throwing out there, what do you expect to be or who do you expect to be that surprise team this season? Like the Bengals were that surprise team Last year, worked their way all the way to Super Bowl. Now they lost, but they were in the Super Bowl. I doubted them the whole way. There was one point where I started, I think I started picking them in our, in our NFL picks, but I was just picking them because I was like, man, I can't go against them at this point. But still thought that, okay, now you get into the playoffs. Now it gets real. Now they're going to lose. 
Never expected them to beat Tennessee. Well, we all know how that shook out. Didn't think they'd go any further. They did. They end up in the Super Bowl. So that was the surprise team last year. So who do you think is going to be the surprise team this upcoming year? Got a text from Raider Sean. I don't know if you've seen this, but Charger fans are saying family, trust, respect. As reference to F the Raiders, I found that pretty clever. Where was this creativity when they came up with that stupid ass slogan, bolt up? (laughs) Got to be the goofiest slogan in all of NFL Raiders. I had to take that one slow because I don't proofread these things before I just go with them on the air. Yep. People at ESPN Central Texas or the listeners at ESPN Central Texas used to just try to catch me slipping all the time. They'd send something in real stupid and be like, oh, Q's going to read it, no doubt. And I get halfway through it and like one word is almost halfway out my mouth and I'm trying to reel it back in. It's like, oh, man, you can't be doing that to me. So I had to make sure that that was okay. But family, trust, respect. That's the Charger fans are saying, huh? Okay, well. Whatever. That's not really that clever. <laughs> right, either, yeah, know. whatever. Trying to give him a little credit, but it's like, that's not even that clever. That sounds like a, a old Diddy song, you know? Family, trust, respect. Didn't they have money, power, respect? Mm-hmm. And that money, power? Yeah, see? That sounds like an old Diddy song. Uh, we got a text. Rogers, how about Carr? He's good at that, too. Thank you very much. Too bad these bum refs blow the plate dead a ton when we do it. And that's in reference to... Rodgers calling or getting guys uh, offsides or else uh, Rodgers uh, getting, you know, hiking the ball when there's 12 men on the field. Uh, I didn't realize that Derek Carr did it that much, to be 100% honest. So I'm glad that was a good catch on your part. I didn't realize that he was uh, that good at doing it. And I think that it's not just the quarterback. And I know I said Aaron Rodgers gave him props, but as as DeMond brought up in the in the uh, article, the center that the Chiefs or the, the Chargers have came over from Green Bay. So I think it's a, a recognition by both. It's got to be a recognition by not only the quarterback, but also the center. So that's a good catch on your part. I didn't realize that Derek Carr was that uh, that good at doing that as well. So good stuff. Uh, one more quick text. We'll take a break. Mailman Raider said, Q, my surprise team, and McLean will love me for this, is the Houston Texans. I'm a lovey guy. Davis Mills is sneaky good. Brandon Cooks is underrated. Nico Collins is legit. Damian Pierce could be the best rookie running back this season, but mostly plus 3,000 to take the division wins me money. Laugh my ass off. Sorry, Damon. No Titans repeat. That's from Mailman Raider. And I'll tell you what. I don't know about – I like Levy Smith as well. Levy's a, a hell of a coach. I've, I've always been a fan of him. I don't know what he's going to do with that squad. I don't know how good Davis Mills is going to be. But Pierce? Pierce is a damn good running back. He might not only be the best rookie running back. He might end up being the best running back this season. There's always a young cat that jumps up and you're like, whoa, didn't see that. You know, didn't know that that was happening. And Houston has a thing with having really good running backs. So I would not be shocked at all if Damian Pierce at the end of the season, you look up and he's – uh, he doesn't necessarily have to be leading the league, but but right up there, right? I mean, he, he could easily be that guy. Thanks for that text, Mailman Raider. I do appreciate you. 258 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Kick off hour number two. This is Rare Nation Radio 920.